Halloween is not a time for the telling of the tales macabre, but of lighting the candles for the dead. Who said that? This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a cold and wet England. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your banana smoothie? Please let me know. As always, our call and telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Who said those words? Halloween is not a time for the telling of the tales macabre, but of the lighting of candles for the dead. I love it. It's one of my favourite Halloween quotes ever. We're feeling pretty sombre just here in Britain at the moment, particularly among the ice skating community. I mentioned yesterday there'd been a death by freak accident or otherwise of an ice hockey player. And when I went, I took my children to the rink yesterday evening, um, there was a little shrine had been erected at the side of the ice rink. I've just put it up in the chat room and people were praying and laying flowers. And there was there was really quite a, a a sad mood in the ice rink. And it's, it's usually fairly upbeat at a rink. You know, people are people are busy, people are training, people are chatting. It was all very, very quiet. Um, oh, Denise M has said in the chat room, I was listening yesterday, although I couldn't join chat. I was on my way to hospital for pre-surgical CT. You're off for surgery very soon, aren't you, Denise? All the best with that. Um, lots of other people signing into the chat room. But yes, indeed, it is Halloween. I don't need a special calendar to tell me that, which is fortunate because they've forgotten to change the national days um, at the bottom of the chat room. Just saying. Uh, but it is Halloween. Exactly. So who said those words? Anyone want to guess? How do you celebrate Halloween? Do you have any particular traditions? No. Carving of pumpkins, yes. Um, Trick-or-treating, yes, I suppose so. Um, decorating your house. There have been warnings this year not to put fake cobwebs outside your house because they trap wildlife, particularly little birds. But I will say I don't really decorate the house, apart from putting a pumpkin outside so the little trick-or-treaters will know that they can come. There's a, that's the, the general rule is... You knock on the door if there is a pumpkin outside or the house is decorated in some way. If it isn't, you leave it alone. So we always have a little pumpkin outside so the trick-or-treaters can uh, know that they will be welcome to take a handful of sweeties from the box. But besides that, I don't go to town. One of my neighbours turns her house into a veritable Hotel Transylvania. It's actually very slightly creepy. Well, I suppose it's meant to be very, very creepy. You know, there, there are actually little fake tombstones all over her front lawn and stuff like that. And skeletons and ghosts and vampires. I mean, absolutely everything you could cram into this little garden is there. And, you know, she'll have sort of smoke pouring out of the chimney, which is no longer connected to a fireplace and all sorts of, um, you know, giant bats and stuff like that. One of the pubs in our area has, I feel, the best possible Halloween decorations. It's what it's the, it's the rear view of a witch on a broomstick who's flown into the side of the pub. I think that is the best Halloween decoration. So if you have any pictures of Halloween decorations, we always have a... 
worst possible taste Christmas decorations competition. Let's have a Halloween decorations competition. Are there particular things you like to do to your house? Um, I, I don't really, I suppose I feel uneasy about going to town with Halloween just because I don't really like what it's become as a um, as a festival. It's just become a bit, a, a bit too much of a celebration of all things horrible. Um, though I'm, I'm not averse to putting the words abandon hope all ye who enter here above my front door, since those are the words, according to Dante, to the Divina Commedia, those are the words that are written not only over the gates of hell, but also over the gates of heaven, since you do not need hope in heaven either. You cannot have hope in hell, you do not need hope in heaven. So I think probably the theological significance will be lost on most of the trick-or-treaters, but I will do that. Anyone else got their Halloween decorations? And who said Halloween is not a time for the telling of the tales macabre? It is for the lighting of the candles for the dead. It was a fictitious character created by the late great Agatha Christie. It was, of course, Monsieur Poirot. One of Agatha Christie's Poirot murder mysteries is called The Halloween Party, and it involves a murder that takes place during a children's party. A child, a 13-year-old, is found drowned in a bucket, having been apple-bobbing. And it is a very disturbing murder mystery, even by Agatha Christie's standards. But in fact, it's one of the worst. It's not particularly well-written, but somehow or other there's something about a about wicked things happening at a Halloween party that makes it particularly sinister. Um, Denise is saying, we will be trick-or-treating in the downtown Sweetwater celebration. Jacob is five, so we'll go early enough not to wind him up too much before bed. Quite. I'd imagine lots of excitement and spooky stuff and jump scares and sweets and sugar could be a bit of a recipe for disaster. <laughs> now, do you have a blue bucket? I've never seen these, but I, I heard we never used them for my eldest because it, uh, it didn't bother him uh, quite in the same way um, that was expected. You can get blue buckets for a child who is on the spectrum. So people are supposed to know not to sort of jump at them and start screaming at them and things. Um, though I have never seen them. Uh, my autistic son absolutely revels in all of this. He he made a prosthetic alien head or zombie head or something for a Halloween party the other day that would not have disgraced a Star Trek episode. So, yes, yeah, some of them really throw themselves into it. I was asked, in fact, the other day on the subject of Halloween... Um, about this thing of darkness and um, somebody who's he's not religious in any way so sort of interested in religion but isn't religious in any way saying is it okay for Catholics to write horror stories he was quite surprised to discover we'd been out of touch for a while he's quite surprised to discover that I'd co-authored a book sort of about vampires and stuff and I said that in my opinion Catholics are best at writing about the supernatural because it's a battle we recognise it's not just spooky and scary and a load of rubbish. You know, we actually recognise there is a genuine spiritual battle. Um, and the great thing about horror, and this is not just a plug for the book, though, I do think that perhaps, um, just <laughs> perhaps if you're wanting a good read for Halloween um, and thereabouts, this thing of darkness might be the idea, you know, the place to start. Um, in in horror stories, it's great. Men can be strong. They can fight to defend their families. Priests can be holy. 
it's just wonderful. You know, all these all these things that are just not allowed in contemporary fiction anymore are allowed always in horror. So I don't know. I, th- I think there was something to be said for. Uh, Denise is saying, "I've oh, never heard of blue buckets. He will ha- he'll have a plastic pumpkin to collect treats." Yes, I heard some years ago there was a bit of concern because. Um, I think part of it is that over here we don't do Halloween on the scale that you do it in the States. It's much, much more low-key. Yes, kids go trick-or-treating in their neighbourhoods. A few people will you know, put pumpkins out and things like that. A few will go completely over the top. But it's just not as huge a deal over here as it is in the States. And some years ago there were some concerns raised about children with special needs going out trick-or-treating and getting absolutely petrified when someone dressed as a skeleton would suddenly pounce on them because they tend, particularly with autism, they tend to have a problem with very sudden things happening, particularly sudden noises and um, very unexpected things going on around them. So it's to do the sensory overload. So they introduced blue buckets. The problem is I think most people have no idea what the blue buckets signify, so don't know that it's a signal to be just a little bit careful. Um, It's one of those things I think is really quite a good idea. When I was a child, um, it wasn't really, I mean, Halloween just didn't happen at all when I was a child. A few people went trick-or-treating, but it was much, much um, quieter. But I used to find things like Guy Fawkes Night, which happens on the 5th of November, absolutely unbearable. I didn't like the noise of the fireworks. I didn't like seeing an effigy of a man being burned in the middle of a bonfire. I used to just find it absolutely terrifying. And in fact, I would have appreciated it if somebody had taken me well away from that sort of situation. So I think there's probably a bit more sensitivity about the way some children cope with these situations but my children will be trick-or-treating they'll come back i've bought a huge tub do you know i bought a huge tub of sweeties wrapped sweeties for the trick-or-treaters about two weeks ago i was so prepared i was so so prepared and then yesterday i opened the lid and found that most of it had gone little fingers had been getting inside that tub and taking one here and taking one there. Nobody will notice, nobody will notice, nobody will notice. There's hardly anything left. So this morning I went and bought an identical big tub of sweeties and the trick-or-treaters will be most welcome. But it's good to see somebody is trick-or-treating. Someone else told me that as a way of trying to just balance a little bit all the fun of the secular holiday it's become with the spiritual significance that when trick-or-treaters came to the house they'd give them a suite but they'd also give them a little holy picture with um a picture on one side of a saint and a little bit about the saint's life on the back they they used to make them themselves so that they could also educate at the same time you get your sweetie you also get your holy picture um, which i thought was rather a nice idea they also have uh, nights of light in some parishes a bit like that lovely saints party that Jacqueline's school had, where they try and encourage something a bit more, a bit more upbeat. And someone was saying to me, she's American adventure, like, hey, why would you like? You know, it's it's never going to be as much fun dressing up as a saint's never going to be as much fun. I said, it depends how gory their demise was. I went to a saints party on Halloween one year when I was a student, and we we have. We have some some pretty horrendous martyrdoms in our history, particularly in English history. Um, there were people dressed up as Dominicans with ropes around their neck, you name it. Some people went really to town. 
Good morning, Dwight. Lovely to see people signing in. It is 20 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. We are talking about, well, yesterday's story, the ice hockey player who was killed after... Uh, he was killed in a, what, what's being described as a freak accident, though obviously there have to be police investigations uh, in the middle of a match in the, the Sheffield Ice Arena. And of course, it's a small ice skating community in Britain. Everyone's very, very distressed and shocked by what's happened. And I noticed when I went to the ice rink um, yesterday, they'd the ice hockey team had put up a, a little shrine really with the Nottingham Panthers banner on it and people were leaving flowers and stopping to pray and lighting candles. I was really touched that they did that, but I think everyone felt the need to express really their sense of solidarity with the team uh, who'd lost that player. There was a little bit of the photograph of the player who died. Um, well, hang on. Uh, Philip is saying, I don't want to sound mean, but if your child's unable to handle being scared, why would you bring them out on Halloween with a special bucket? Do something mild during the day. To be quite honest, that is rather my feeling about this, that it's, you know, you, you sort of either do it or you don't. I mean, I couldn't stand the sound of fireworks. I hated the repeated bangs. It used to really, really panic me as a child. I would infinitely have been pref um, preferred to have stayed at home frankly there are certain there are certain environments that are just not suitable for children you know in, in certain situations um i think the idea with the bucket is that you know families who maybe take things to another level you know have hire people to run after children and things dressed up maybe would desist but i don't know um well, Maggie saying it's 45 degrees here in Louisiana, downright cold, I'd say. I have no idea what that is, but that sounds like it's probably cold. Hang on, no, I know what it is. That's, hang on, um, I think that's about, what, 10 degrees Celsius, something like that? That's cold. We have had pretty much non-stop rain for weeks now because of Storm Babette. It brought high winds and a lot of rain. There have been flood warnings all over the place. Um, I'm noticing when I'm driving along some of the roads, they've got very bumpy. There are potholes have appeared everywhere as a result of that very, very heavy rain. Um, Jacqueline saying, good morning, everyone. Finally in the chat room. I'm having to go through all kinds of loops and hoops to get in every morning. I've tried several browser login login logging out hmm well i'm glad you're here jacqueline so glad you got here because we're talking about halloween and I, I feel that you will have quite a lot of uh, really good ideas about this um yes talking about halloween how do you celebrate halloween um do you decorate your house do your kids go trick-or-treating um do you enjoy it you know, if if you're beyond the stage of taking children trick or treating, do you do you like it when there's the knock on the door and you can hand out sweets and things like that? And who writes the best horror fiction? Catholics, obviously. And the best of all is the KV Turley and Fiorella de Maria partnership. Well, this thing of darkness anyway. Oh, Jacqueline saying it's hot, humidity and foggy in Florida. Mm. That's that's not such a good com uh, combination, is it? Uh, Denise, I'm saying same for me today, and it's 46 degrees in East Tennessee. Well, I mean, the weather here has just been absolutely crazy. We had a very mild late summer, early autumn, uh, but then suddenly it just, with the when the storm hit, it was really bad. And the awful thing is, I'm actually in the part of the country which doesn't rain as much. 
if you're in the southeast, you don't get quite as heavy rain. It's that when, when I grew up in the West Country, it was wet all the time. It really, really chucked it down with rain. Now, one of the, 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 the trope uh, right at the, the heart of this thing of darkness is the idea that Los Angeles is not a city of angels. It's a city of demons. And you see the way the diabolical creeps its way, possibly. You have to decide if you believe the narrator or not. The way the devil has crept into the Hollywood film industry through the horror industry. And it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be just a, a good intriguing read. Uh, we had some quite snooty responses from people saying, actually, Bela Lugosi had a problem with his drink and uh, that was the only real problem there. Um, it's, it's supposed to be a good, a good yarn, OK? According to veteran actor James Woods, people have no idea how truly evil Hollywood can be, a place far worse than their worst fears. In a now-deleted tweet, a fan of Woods asked the true extent of evil Hollywood, and the actor had an eyebrow-raising answer. James, serious question. As someone who has enormous respect for your talent as an actor, I'm curious, how evil is Hollywood? The answer was, multiply your worst fears by a hundred. There we are. The Once Upon a Time in America star did not elaborate and later deleted the tweet. However, Woods is not the first actor who has made such comments. Actor Jonathan Raumi, hope I'm saying that right, of The Chosen, had some choice words during his speech at March for Life last year. For some time now, we've been witnesses to a mounting polarity between light and dark. We've seen it manifest itself in many facets of culture. But I'd like to address, as I see it as an artist in the entertainment industry. In the last several years, there's been a sharp and disturbing increase in the darkness of the imagery being used in film, television and music. The landscape has become increasingly sinister and in some cases even demonic in tone. More so than in previous years, sometimes subliminal, oftentimes overt, storylines story involving the occult, witchcraft, demons and even satanic elements are commonplace in mainstream programming. Many feature spiritually and psychologically disturbing content. He later said that media has become a portal to behaviour and attitude kids want to emulate that reject God, reject the light and reject ultimately all those aspects of community which give life. I have observed God subtly but radically being removed from public, public popular culture over the last couple of decades, replaced with some of the most corruptive images and ideologies for young hearts and minds. So there we are. You have it from those who are actually, actually involved with Hollywood. It's not just a good yarn. Jacqueline saying truth is often a lot scarier than fiction. It certainly can be. And it, seeing comments like that from two actors, I think, who are very sincere, it's it does give you pause. It does make you wonder, you know, what is it you're actually letting into your house when you switch on the television? 
Oh, um, King Dude would say, who said that about Hollywood, Woods and who? Um, the actor who plays Jesus in the, in the, um, in the Chosen. Hang on, let me get his name. I, I, I don't watch the, 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 uh, the Chosen, so I don't know the actor. Uh, let me just find his name. Hang on. Da, 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 da. Where is it? Raumi. Am I saying his name right? Just a minute. Um, Jonathan Raumi. Or Rumi. There we are. Um, those are those are his, his words at March for Life. So I'm guessing the transcript will be available somewhere. But no, it is really scary. I remember years ago, a priest saying that you know switching on your having a television in your house is like having an open sewer running through your home. And I thought, really, that sounds a bit extreme. I mean, how much is watching you know Gardener's Question Time really a problem? But Seeing that, um, it makes me think maybe it's a lot worse, actually. So there we are. There's a, there's a need for some level of vigilance always. But it is true. That I think generally imagery everywhere has got a lot darker. And I don't know whether it's just the need by artists and writers to keep shocking and shocking people. And, sh and the more desensitized people get, the more you have to shock. I don't know if that's really what's going on there, but it is quite frightening. Um, oh, Denny's saying James Woods is originally from Rhode Island, as am I. I've never watched his films. I've no idea what he's like. I'm guessing, uh, is he a Christian if he's making comments like that? Um, but it's interesting to me that he felt the need to delete the tweet. He made such a startling observation and then felt the need to get rid of it. Perhaps it's because he feared people just wouldn't believe it. With the ironically, with the the breakdown of um, belief in God, there's a breakdown in the belief in anything beyond the material. So maybe he just felt he couldn't say that. Uh, but it's it's very it's very frightening to consider. I was reminded this morning, by the way, by the King Dude, as we practiced, we read our way through a radio drama. Yesterday was audio drama day. So. This is just the right thing. Um, that it is today, not just Halloween, it is National Knock Knock Joke Day. So I expect a lot of really bad knock knock jokes in the chat room, please. Um, Dr. Roy is saying my favourite movies to watch as a kid were Superman, The Wizard of Oz and any Jesus film, King of Kings and Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, I love Jesus of Nazareth, assuming it's the same one. Robert Powell as Jesus. Oh, gosh. I still... There's certain... There are certain Bible stories, certain gospel stories that even now and when they're read at mass or I read them in my mind, I'm thinking of the Zeffirelli Jesus of Nazareth, particularly the nativity. You know, I can just imagine the innkeeper's wife going, oh, get out, get out of the stable, you dirty shepherds. How dare you? This poor girl's just given birth. I, I absolutely loved it. It really brought the world of the Bible to life. Um, Dr. Sorry, saying, I wonder what children today would say their favourite films are. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, just just talking about this has reminded me of a subject we talked about some time ago on the early show, and that was the huge increase in interest that has been in the West in recent years in anime. And I was talking to the children about this because my children love anime, that they actually find it purer somehow that it it doesn't have the cynicism and the shallowness 
of so many Western cartoon animations, the young people that it's usually children and young people who are at the heart of these anime films. They are they're noble and they're brave and honourable and they they fight for their families and they they look after one another and they have so many really beautiful virtues and values that children are reaching for. And I wonder whether it might end up being a bit of an antidote or certainly an alternative to a lot of the rubbish that's pouring out of, well, outlets like Disney, maybe. Here we go, Maggie. I knew you'd start right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Alpaca. Alpaca who? Alpaca suitcase. You load up the car. Boom, boom. Come on. Who can best that one? Um... Oh, uh, King Dude has posted the clip of the, um, the you know, those quotes I was just, those, those comments I was just quoting to you. Uh, it's in the chat room, the link. Um, Dr. Torres, yep, the old 1977 Jesus of Nazareth film with Robert Powell, King of Kings, was done in 1961. Okay, it's time to go to an ad break, but just before we do, this is King Dude. Why did the ghost go into the bar? I don't know. Why did the ghost go into the bar? For the booze! Well done. Okay, I didn't see that one coming. Right, you are listening to The Early Show. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me, do join the conversation. The Early Show will continue in a few moments here on the Crusade Channel. Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. Rises and insomniacs, and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday. For those of you just joining us, you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond, Fiorella de Maria. Our call in telephone number is 844 527 8723. That's 844 527 
do talk to me do join the conversation as you enjoy a hearty halloween breakfast i told you it has to be dreaded wheat sigh that's the closest to a joke as i can manage this morning do you know when i heard that ghostbusters theme it took me back to being about six years old again and i just was filled with 80s ghostbusters nostalgia I took my children to see the new Ghostbusters and, you know, we had quite a lot of fun and there were just enough throwbacks, the miniature marshmallow men and things, just to keep me happy and keep them entertained. But what frightened my daughter the most all the way through the film was she was convinced I was going to suddenly creep up on her from behind or something like that. She wasn't worried about the film. She was worried about me. Um, it is also, if you've just joined the show, well, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. It is, of course, Halloween. And we are talking about all things spooky. How do you celebrate Halloween and... Do you decorate your house? Do you go trick-or-treating? And did you know that Hollywood is a hundred times more wicked than anybody believes, according to two actors? It is also, however, knock-knock day. Knock-knock joke day. And there have been some priceless ones turn up in the chat room. Come on, please do share your favourite knock-knock jokes. Um, Maggie's got another one here. Knock-knock. Who's there? Olive. Olive who? All of your jokes are bad. Denise is appreciative. Oh, gosh, you two are hilarious. Um, well, OK, I've got one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo-hoo. There's no need to cry. It's only a joke. Uh, Maggie's saying, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Ghostbusters theme song. On a side note, the new Ghostbusters remake was excellent. Yes, it was wonderful. It was so good, wasn't it? And I just thought, oh, this is just perfect. And I loved, and I think, I think my children related to the the girl, you know, who's the sort of heroine, the, the, the nerdy girl. She's just very, she's just very believable. And you don't often get, well, I can see you don't often get nerdy children as, heroes and heroines of films but i think since stranger things that's become much more common um i noticed in fact the actor who plays one of the characters in the new ghostbusters film plays mike in stranger things um, i wonder if stranger things has made geeky cool possibly um Yes, Denny Sam saying I didn't know there was a remake of Ghostbusters. It's not exactly a remake. It's just a, a sort of next gen. It's, it's Ghostbusters next gen. Um, and I think it, actually it's very good. And it's, yes, it's got all the jump scares and all of the rest. Doesn't take itself entirely seriously. Lots of little uh, references to the original, the original three films, was it? Um, so, oh, uh, Dr. Torres says, tell me. Rick Moranis didn't have the best part in that movie, playing opposite um, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, how do I say his name? He was the key master, right? Here we go. More knock-knock jokes. Thank you, Mac. Sorry? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Knock-knock. Um, Who's there? Goliath. Goliath who? Goliath down. Goliath thee down. That looks tired. I fluffed up the punchline. Sorry. Okay, here's another one that uh, my children were very fond of some years ago. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Sorry. Um, good morning, Paul C. <laughs> it's, um, it's 29 degrees in chilly Michigan. Dr. Torres is saying Super 8. Um, I don't know this. I don't know this at all. Looks good. Okay. 
Oh, well, if it's got Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg has anything to do with it, I guess it'll be good. Okay, Maggie. Yes, this is this is a great scene from the film, from the new new Ghostbusters. Um, he goes. It's it's a very it's funny and disturbing at the same time. Um, one of the well, the adult heroes goes into a supermarket, huge supermarket, and all these miniature versions of the Marshmallow Man in the original Ghostbusters all suddenly come to life. And they look so sweet, but they're actually psychopaths. And they bite him and things like that. And they, you know, they jump on flames and they turn each other into s'mores. Um, it's really, really creepy. Um, yeah, there's lots of pictures here. And it, it's funny at the same time. It's, it's a very, very clever idea. Uh, I think it's the best scene in the whole film. And you see the man slowly becoming more and more panicked, uh, realising that he's not imagining things. There are really lots and lots of small, sentient marshmallow men running around after him. Um, oh, I did say I'd watch it, didn't I? Dr. Torres is saying, a 2011 movie called Super 8 that stars child heroes. I was trying to remember the name of it after and I couldn't remember. I'm going to write this down right now. Super 8. Okay, I'm going to write it in great big block capital letters so I don't forget. Just the other day, I was looking for a film for the children to watch. And I was thinking, oh, I keep being given all these wonderful suggestions for films. I never note them down, then I can never remember. There we go. Right, Super 8. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's that, that one of the, the miniature marshmallow man with the little umbrella rammed through his head, sticking out of his nose. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just hilarious and disturbing. Um, um, okay, it's actor Paul Rudd. Ant-Man. Okay. Oh, that's that's the name of the, the hero in the... in. You see, I'm not... As you can see, I'm not much of a film buff these days. I used to be. Can I just... Just to you know, claw back some self-respect. I used to be quite a film buff. I used to go to the cinema all the time. I knew all the films that were coming out. Knew all the actors. Then I started having children. And suddenly getting to... Getting to the cinema just wasn't a priority anymore. On the very, very few pathetically small occasions I could get a babysitter, I just always thought, well, a film in a few months' time, I can get it on DVD, so why don't I do something else? And so suddenly films and cinemas and popcorn became a distant memory. On one awful occasion, though, I was missing films so much. Going to the cinema was such a big part of my student existence that I was asked to, ed to edit, sorry, no, I definitely wasn't asked to edit. I was asked to review the film Bella when it came to Britain. That was the film that, um, it was a, it's a pro-life film. It was about a, you know, a young woman, a waitress in New York who's got a crisis pregnancy. Um, the actor who plays alongside her was the, is the actor who played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. And... I was so excited about going to the cinema. I went to see the film at five o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, four o'clock in the afternoon at some really obscure cinema because it wasn't showing in all, shown in all cinemas um, in Britain because it was a bit, bit art house. And I booked a ticket just to make sure I, I could get a seat. And I got there, I got my popcorn, I got a drink. I was going to make the most of this wonderful cinematic experience. And I sat down in the middle of the cinema and I was literally the only person there. I was Billy Nomates sitting alone in the cinema. I have never felt so awkward. It's a good film, though, Bella, if you get the chance to watch it. Um, yeah, Paul Rudd. OK. Yeah, that's the scene I most remember where they're sort of giggling away the Marshmallow Man as they fall into the f flames. Yeah, it is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Goonies. Philip is suggesting. OK. 
Is this more nerdy children? Best kid hero movie ever, The Goonies. Okay, write another one for me to write down. The Goonies, okay. Love The Goonies, Maggie. Right, good endorsements here. Any more knock-knock jokes? Any advance on the interrupting cow knock-knock joke? Um, see, I like, you know, I like my children to watch films about, you know, kids being heroes and things like that. But some child actors are terrible, to be quite honest with you. I mean, they're now multimillionaires and all the rest. I thought the actors uh, from the Harry Potter films, the child actors, were mostly awful. Um, I mean, some of the ones with the slightly smaller roles I thought were quite good. I thought the main three, was it Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint, really quite poor compared with the, the child actors you see in other famous films like series of unfortunate events and um, stranger things and things like that I, I just found um i found it quite disappointing um yes mini marshmallows um oh i haven't seen the goonies no you must do that this weekend okay i see so super eight according to dr Torres, super eight was called the goonies of gen z right um the King Dude saying that Harry Potter actors have all turned out to be detestable adults. They were, they were poor actors. I think they're still quite poor actors. And yes, their heads have been completely turned by Hollywood. Um, I f feel it must be very difficult for a child to hang on to any kind of vestiges of innocence and decency growing up on a film set. I think the adult actors try to shelter them. I mean, I get the impression that people like Ann, uh, Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith really looked after them. But I just, I think having that level of adulation, you know, being told you're, you're wonderful the whole time, having to behave in a very adult way, just being in a, an environment where you, you, know, you can't, in fact, be that well sheltered, even if well-intentioned well people try. I just... I think you know you would you would turn into a brat quite quickly. Someone told me once, it might even have been KV, that he watched this happen with a child actor once. It was his first role, um, and to start with, he was just a regular kid, you know, just a you know boy who happened to be playing a part. By the end of the film, he'd become very entitled. He'd, he'd completely changed. He expected people to do what he wanted he expected to be the center of attention you know it's it's quite disturbing i don't think i would want my children in that sort of environment um in fact uh, the lovely sarah who um will be back on friday by the way was saying to me that when she worked in a school in london it wasn't a stage school it was just a regular government school you know comprehensive school there were sometimes children from her school from her class who acted in West End shows, you know, they auditioned and they got in. There were, in fact, there was a boy she taught who was in the West End production of Oliver. There was another one who was Billy Elliot. And she said she was very strict, in fact, that because at the same time they were they were spending half their time at the West End being you know, applauded and told how wonderful they were. They were then back in their classroom and she would give them detention if they didn't do their homework. And she said, it seems harsh, but she needed them to be grounded and she needed them to know, ultimately, there were children who were at school, who were studying, who needed to take their work seriously. And they needed somehow or other to negotiate their way between those two very, very different lifestyles. Um, King Dude is saying, 
Rupert Grint is the most likable today. I think he always was, actually. When I, you see interviews of the three of them, he struck me as being the most down-to-earth. Apparently, his family background is not at all unlike the Weasleys. When he read the Harry Potter books, he said... Um, a big family of redheads was just his family. It, it was just he just thought this is my family. This is we are the Weasleys. I am Ru- I am Ron Weasley. Um, and so I think for that reason, if he does come from a very jolly big big jolly family, um, it probably just left him a bit more grounded than the others. Um, oh, Doctor was saying, how about the Dark Crystal? Puppets are the best. Um, I don't know that film at all. Any good? Would you recommend? King Dude is saying, in the film Judy, the film shows how a 14-year-old Judy Garland was groomed and seduced by Louis Meyer on the movie set. I dread to think. I, I remember reading a lot of stories about not just Judy Garland, but a lot of those girls um, and what happened to them. It, it must be... I mean, it, I don't think it was ever really a secret. I think it was an open secret if it was anything else. Um I remember years and years ago, I think I was a teenager myself, there was a, a documentary about child actors. And they weren't, none of them were famous, but they were children you saw auditioning to do an advert or a, a small part in this, that or the other. You know, they you know, they had a, a career, but they weren't sort of, they weren't Macaulay Culkin, who was the big child star of the time. And you saw what happened to them and, in one case, the the narrator he was um, doing all the background uh, conversation for the for the whole documentary. You see this girl getting ready to go on set. She's only about ten years old, and he said, "Part of her is no longer a child. She is already learning to behave like an adult, to talk like an adult, and very soon to think like an adult." Her childhood has really come to an end on set she is a child everywhere else she is no longer a child she is a working woman and i just found it horrible i just thought i can't imagine doing that um oh jacqueline thank you to the rescue with a knock knock joke knock knock who's there banana knock knock who's there banana knock knock who's there banana knock knock who's there orange orange you glad i didn't say banana <laughs> Thank you, Jacqueline. Um, yeah, I think that's the best yet. Anyone else with a knock-knock joke? The um, King Dieter or Meyer, Louis Meyer was Meyer's in gold, My- Metro Golden Meyer than MGM. Um, Jacqueline said, according to our kids, um, our family is a combo of the crude and the Incredibles. Okay. Um, sadly and embarrassingly, I have never seen either of those, uh, but I get a general idea. Um Lady, uh, actually, Jacqueline, my, my family are supposed to be, my children were talking about this, um, who, they, who they most related to. They couldn't think of a family that um, most resembled us, you know, a, a, a set family or a stage family, which is why I wrote the skating story. Um, and one of the comments that gets made, I've said this before, I'll say it again, when I'm doing interviews, is kids like stories about big families. Um, I think that there's something about the Weasleys in Harry Potter that is so attractive just because they are a big, jolly family. They are unconventional. Um, and there's always room for other people. Harry is able to be a, a part of that family. 
Um, Lady Bell, I'm eating. The Dark Crystal is a Jim Henson film. It's really good. It's basically Muppets in high fantasy. A lot of fun, great story. I think um, I think your kids would really like it, Fiorella. Okay, The Dark Crystal. I'm writing this all down. I'm, I've, I've learned a lesson from all the times I said, oh, I'll look it up. And then um, at the end of the show, couldn't remember a thing. The Dark Crystal. Okay, I have three really good film ideas. I've got Super 8, The Goonies and The Dark Crystal. Okay, Jim Henson classic. Great. It's a parable, according to Dr. Torres. Um, Philip's saying, um, I hope it's better today. But what happened to kid actors when I was growing up in the 80s was horrible. Sex, drugs, suicide, mental illness hit almost all of them. Sean Astin is one of the few who appears to have survived unscathed. It's very sad. Yes, I think with, with Sean Astin, he just comes across as so down to earth. Um, he, he almost, it almost felt as if he'd been typecast as Samwise Gamgee, because he, I've seen him in an interview, and he just seems to me to be this very, very regular guy who, you know, fame hasn't sort of hit him in a, any kind of way. Um, when he was asked about the Gulf Wars, but he was asked about the Iraq War, when, when, when all, that was, all that was happening, when the films were coming out, and he apparently said to a reporter, um, I'm a hobbit. Uh, why are you asking me about foreign policy? I'm a hobbit. Um so now I've got I've got time for Sean Aston, but I hadn't realised until quite recently that he'd been a child actor. But no, they don't they don't seem to to end well. And certainly, when I think of the child actors I remember in the eighties, I don't know what's happened to Macaulay Culkin now. Um, but a lot of them not have not gone have not done well. Um, I know a priest, in fact, who his brother was a child actor. He played David Copperfield alongside Ralph Richardson, um, and. In fact, this priest got to be, aged about eight, got to be in a, a Roger Moore film called The Man Who Haunted Himself. The Man Who Haunted Himself has two sons. And I think they'd cast this priest's brother as the older um, as the older boy. And because he, he was at a stage school, and they said, oh, I suppose you've got a brother. And he went, well, yes, uh, I've got Hugh. Um, and so the two of them starred in this. And in fact, he said that his brother did a number of, you know, quite big films as a child but he just could not get work once the cuteness factor had gone um fortunately for him you know, he did have a, a good solid family background and he was able to find work um doing you know teaching and training and things like that oh dr torres the never-ending story i love the never-ending story that's another classic of my childhood Really, really love the never-ending story. Don't watch the honest trailers version because it points out all the plot holes. My children have seen the never-ending story and there's a wonderful reference to it in Stranger Things, which is meant entirely for people our age who remember sort of imagining what it would be like to get all of, what's that, that big pink dragon to fly on a huge pink dragon. Maggie, knock, knock, who's there? Two. To who? To who? To? To who? It's to whom? Oh, thank you. That is the pedant's knock-knock joke. That is my knock-knock joke. Never-ending Story is a great movie too, yeah. Okay, The Goonies, Never-ending Story, Super 8, Fiorella Files are going to be busy this weekend, and Dark Crystal. Wow. Um, oh, Dr. Shaw said he was Rudy long before he was Samwise. Okay. Um... Denny Semmer saying perhaps Sean was warned or protected by his father. Was his father an actor as well? Um, you get the other really sad thing that happens sometimes where... Um, do you remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? The two little children. 
who play Jemima and Jeremy. Uh, well, the child actor who played Jemima is actually Scottish. They taught her to speak in a very sort of Edwardian English accent. That wasn't her real voice. She was actually Scottish. She said she never really liked the way she sounded. Um, but she said she had a fabulous time. She didn't become an adult actor. She just, I think that may have been her only film or one of her, only a couple of films she did. She said she had a fabulous time. She loved the film set to Dick Van Dyke and I can't remember the, the woman who played the love interest, truly scrumptious. Um, Lionel Jeffries, they were all lovely. She had an absolutely fabulous time. But as a result of the, to the stress of the situation, her parents' marriage broke up. And that also happened to Tom Fenton, Felton, sorry, um, of, uh, he plays Draco Malfoy. And I just wonder whether the strain on families is sometimes too much, you know, being split a lot of the time, someone on a film set, someone somewhere else. Um, Oh, Philip saying, Sean Aston is Mikey in The Goonies, might have been his first role. Wow, that's great. Again, more knock-knock jokes. Thank you, Maggie, keep them coming. Knock-knock, who's there? Cook. Cook who? Yeah, you do sound kind of crazy. Sorry, it took me a while to get that. Cook, cook who? Yeah, you do sound kind of crazy. Thank you. <laughs> um... Falcor was the dragon. That oh, that that was what it's called. I couldn't remember if I had a name. Okay, what was the horsey called in the Neverending Story? The one who dies of despair in the in the in the swamp. That was so sad. Um, Scotty Bobby saying Sean's mother is Patty Duke, another child actor. Okay, I suppose possibly if you've got parents who've been there first, maybe you know they can prepare you a bit. They can warn you. Um, I'd imagine there must be an awful lot of parents of children who are in in the film industry who maybe are very ambitious very pushy i don't know artax that's it the, the horse in neverending story is called artax thank you maggie oh it's all coming back i remember curling up on the floor in a big cushion at my friend beverly's house watching the neverending story and oh how we cried over artax's death oh it was so good and do you know i'm prepared to admit i thought the boy, um, the, the boy who, not, not the boy who's reading the book, the other one, I thought he was a girl. Because he had slightly, his hair was slightly longer and he had something, of the, he had a sort of very porcelain little face. That's it! Oh, Maggie, oh, how could you? I, I, you're going to bring me back to childhood drama. Trauma, there he is trying to drag poor old Artax out of the swamp and he's going. Oh, how could you let that happen, Artax? Because, um, you know, if, for a child, I, 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 love, I loved horses. I've always loved animals. And I particularly loved horses. I used to ride. And the idea of having an adventure riding on a horse and then on a dragon... Um, it was just so wonderful. I mean, the Neverending Story was the perfect epic film for a, an imaginative kid. Um, here we are. You're my friend. I love you. Oh dear. No, 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 no. I can't. No, I can't take it, Maggie. I'm going to cry. This will be bad. Right. Moving swiftly on. It's four minutes past the hour. You are listening to the early show with a deeply nostalgic and emotional Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And we are talking about, in no particular order, Halloween. It's that day again. How do you celebrate Halloween? Do you go trick-or-treating? Or do you decorate your house? Do you go to mass? Do you do all of these things? Um... Oh, sorry, Philip, what, the horse dies. Spoiler alert. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 
it's it's pretty so it's kind of asking to happen from fairly early if it helps um yes i've just ruined the film if you've never seen the never-ending story uh, you probably don't want to bother now um we are always talking about knock knock jokes it is national knock knock joke day apparently and some glorious knock knock jokes have come into the chat room please everyone keep them coming um also the way we do uh the way we segue into different subjects, we're talking a little bit about child actors as well, because I was mentioning about how bad I thought the child actors are in Harry Potter, but how amazing they are in some other things I've seen. Um, though I did hear that Millie Bobby Brown, who's, you know, she's now 19, um, and she's really good as Eleven in Stranger Things, and also as Enola Holmes in the film about imagining that Sherlock Holmes had a younger sister, that she could not get work. She desperately wanted to be a child actor and she just couldn't get work and couldn't get work. And her audition for Stranger Things was her last attempt. She thought, I'm just going to do one. Okay. And she was so depressed that when they said to her, can you cry on demand? Because Eleven cries a lot. She just burst into tears. She said, it was just so easy. She was feeling so miserable. She just burst into floods of tears and that more or less got her the job. And her father cried when her head had to be shaved, but then I think they just thought of the bank balance really and didn't bother too much. Um, King Dude. Oh, no, hang on, hang on. There's a, I missed a joke. I missed a joke. Um, thank you, Maggie. Knock, knock. Who's there? No bell. No bell who? There's no bell. That's why I knocked. Okay, I think that is now my favourite. Come on, can you top that one? Um, the King Dude. Never Ending Story is a classic. I watched that movie a hundred times on the then very new HBO of the 1980s. Oh. There you are, fed your imagination. Uh, Denise M saying, Sean's father was John Aston. He and Patty Duke were married. King dude, Rudy, Rudy. Okay. Um, King dude, John Aston was Mr. Adams of the Adam Family TV show. Aha! Now, is that what Sean Aston is making fun of then in Stranger Things? Um, it's Halloween. It's the beginning of the second series. And um, Sean Aston is playing this sort of slightly awkward very very clever but slightly awkward boyfriend of Joyce and he decides to dress up for Halloween and he's dressed up um as Dracula I wonder if he was sort of pretending to be his father so it was Mr Adams when he puts the teeth in I wonder if that was a sort of family joke almost Philip no way childhood trauma on a windowsill it's too if you haven't seen this is two cactus plants and one of them has Whatever the hero's name is, I can never... So I'm not very good with names, have you noticed? And Artax, and, and he's trying to... And Artax is being buried. Oh, dear. No, I think that's a, it's a desperately sad scene. You know, it was almost too edgy. Um, I did find as well the, um, the the bit, you know, in the never-ending story where he takes the book upstairs to the attic to read. You know, I'm sure there's a skeleton in there. Maybe it was just a biology lab exhibit or something like that. But there were definitely some images in that attic where I thought, what sort of a school is this? Um, but there we go. Yes, the never-ending story. Ooh, how did we get How did we get to the never-ending story from, from Halloween? Sorry, I, I love the way that happens. Any more knock-knock jokes? Any more suggestions for a holy Halloween? Um, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. And birthdays are, birthdays are a big thing in our family. We, we, we make a huge issue of them. But I always remember the fact that I went into labour on Halloween um, because it always stays in my mind, first of all, that in the Royal Surrey Hospital, no one can hear you scream. And secondly, 
that there was a shortage of midwives that night because someone hadn't turned up and the midwife on duty had been begged to stay on just to make sure there was some cover. And I heard her say, no, 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 I promise to take my children trick or treating. Um, so that was that was Halloween, a Halloween, um, Halloween to be forgotten or never forgotten, depends how you see it. Uh, but fortunately, my other children were very distracted, handing out sweeties to trick or treaters and things like that all evening. So they didn't miss me too much. Um, here we go. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? Oh, my gosh. I'm such a big fan. Ah, that is what my son's costume looked like. I was trying to remember what, the, what that, that prosthetics he did. It was the lizard woman from Doctor Who. Um, I went off Doctor Who after the lesbian li lizard gave so many gender lectures that I got so bored. I just thought, no, less less ideology, more Cybermen, more Daleks. Oh, please. Um, Dr. Torres, I can't think of Gomez Adams without thinking of, thinking Raul, Raul Julia. OK, knock, knock. Who's there? Hike, hike who? I didn't know you liked Japanese poetry. Oh, <laughs> by the way, if you like haiku or just find it amusing, please find, it must be on YouTube somewhere, the part from the James May Our Man in Japan series where he's reciting haiku to the head of the haiku society in Japan. And the Japanese are known for being painfully polite in society and he starts by saying you know actually quite beautiful haiku he's written he's a musician by by um training so he's actually very cultured rather beautiful haiku and then they get more and more and more absurd and you can see these two this married couple's faces as they're desperately trying to maintain their supportive smile as he talks more and more gibberish do try and find it please um okay um Raul Julia was a prince among thieves as an actor. Okay. Sorry, these names are just passing me by. Okay, Philip. So Fiorella wins the most realistic costume by giving birth at parties. <laughs> yes, that would have been something, wouldn't it? Um, no, it's just one of, those, one of those details. I just remember thinking, am I actually going to give birth on Halloween? How weird is this going to be? But she hung on till All Saints Day. Um, I mean, in terms of casting fear into somebody's heart, you know, Darling, My Waters Have Broken is pretty good. Um, you know, you don't have to sort of jump scare any other way, really. Um, it's, gosh, it's 11 minutes past the hour. How on earth does the time fly? I want to see when Mike comes on from Crosstalk if he's going to be loaded with knock-knock jokes. Um, ah, Maggie, thank you. Knock-knock, who's there? Alien. Alien who? Alien, wait. How many aliens do you know? Where are you getting these from? There must be a. Is there a website for knock knock jokes? Because I know there's a website for um, light bulb jokes. Uh, so I'm guessing it's it's something similar to that. Oh yes, one of the. Ah, I know one of the reasons why we've ended up talking so much about films is that, according to James Wood uh, of Once Upon a Time in America fame, he was asked how evil is Hollywood on Twitter, and he said, "Think of your most evil idea, and then times it by a hundred." The tweet was then deleted. Why did he delete the tweet? Was he forced to delete the tweet? I have here, in fact, just, just to round off, people's funniest Halloween memories. Okay, some of them I'm not even going to repeat because they're too, uh, too lewd for this time in the morning. But here we are. Let me just share a few. I was the class clown. Thought it would be funny to come to school dressed as our teacher for Halloween. I showed up early and sat at the teacher's desk. Then the teacher comes in dressed as me. 
and sat at my desk. I guess he overheard my plan. I think that was pretty well played by the teacher. Um, in 1994, I went to a party where three people dressed up like David Hasselhoff from Baywatch. At one point, someone accidentally fell into the pool and all the Hasselhoffs jumped in to save him. Good morning, WK Sumner. Okay, this is actually the stuff of nightmares. I brought the wrong kid home. Didn't notice till the mask came off. How would you explain that one? Then the police came, presumably. Now, this is a neighbours from hell kind of story. One time my mum did a full witch costume, green face and all. Neighbour asked, finally dressed as your true self? She said, no, I modelled it off your wife's wedding photos. We don't speak to them anymore. But to be fair, he was rude for no reason. Yes, I'd imagine that would be a bit awkward. Um, okay. I think, am I right in thinking just from reading these that Halloween, you just you just get dressed in fancy dress. It's not always spooky fancy dress. People just dress as all sorts of things. Is it is it a kind of excuse for a big national costume party? Um, because I'm guessing that, because like this person here, dressed up as a taco cost in a taco costume she came into the shop ordered tacos and about three bites in said is this cannibalism i'm guessing tacos aren't supposed to be scary are they um oh gosh this is really creepy we had a lady down the street crazy lynn she gave us cigarettes instead of candy we were like eight years old okay weird really weird right um I'll just leave it there, I think. Mike, are you there? He's right behind. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? A broken pencil. A broken pencil who? Never mind, there's no point. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, do you know, knock, knock jokes were so in when I was a child. I mean, there were hundreds of the things. Um, and I, I can't remember very many of them now. I only really remember the ones my children have regaled me with. Um, oh, it's Philip saying it's a costume party for sure. Yes, I sort of have been a bit surprised when I was preparing the show this morning, um, sort of reading hot Halloween stories and stuff. Um, actually, how many people, like people dressing up as someone from Baywatch and things like that? I thought, well, he, that's not a spooky thing. Okay. All right, last one. Last one, Maggie. Restrain yourself. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dewey. Dewey who? Do you have to tell... Stop. Do you have to keep telling silly jokes? I need my lunch. Chicken Lady is saying, adults have hijacked Halloween from the kids. Do you know, I think there might be something to be said that... Um, where in the Smokies are you, Smoky Mountain Mike? Mike, are you there? Hello? He's got, do you know, I think, I think something happened. I think it's a bit like... One, one radio idea, radio drama idea we had years ago was called Dead Air. And something terrible happens to a radio DJ. So maybe it's actually happened. Maybe this is dead air. Maybe Mike is no longer in the studio. Maybe Mike has been abducted by aliens. Or something else. Or he's in the oh, upside down. <laughs> I'm here. You made me jump. I'm in the chat room, but I'm actually beneath the earth. <laughs> That's actually slightly scary. <laughs> yes, I've been working on it. It's really good. <clears throat> well played, Mike. Well played. 
So you're enjoying Maggie's knock knock jokes. It's, I, I should have should have pulled my smartphone out or my dumb phone, and I should have filmed her giggling over there as she was <laughs> screenshotting. I'm like, what is so funny? Yeah. And then 20 seconds later, I see a knock knock joke in the chat room. <laughs> a terrible one. They're great because they're terrible. Let's face it. It's like crack. They're so crack bad, jokes. they're good. Mm. That, that's you, don't do Chris- yeah, you don't do Christmas crackers, do you, in um, in the States? Christmas crackers? Uh, yeah. No. We do all manner of Christmas cookies, but, but okay, you call a cracker. You, okay, we call it a cookie, you call it a biscuit. No, no, a Christmas cracker. And what's a Christmas is cracker? It's not, not edible. What is it? It's a sort of, um, it's like a kind of tube wrapped in paper, and it's got a banger inside and little toys and hats and uh, party hats and things. And one person no, pulls one. A banger one. as in bangers in mash or a banger? No, no, bangers is things, the thing that goes bang. Okay. Like fire, like a little fire. Oh, my, pasta. you know what? My, uh, my, my brother's ex-wife uh, was from Ipswich, yeah. and she would bring those bangers to Thanksgiving. Yes, and you pull them. Yes, you pull them and they explode. Yeah, and, and little toys and, and um, hats and things fall out. Why did the policeman ticket the ghost on Halloween? Okay, let me think about this one. Um, no idea. Because it didn't have a haunting license. Why do demons and ghouls hang out together? I don't know. Why do demons and ghouls hang out together? Because demons are a ghoul's best friend. Okay. What are you talking into to make that effect? <laughs> oh, uh, it's an all radio tool. I have an effects unit. Right. I've yes, I can get you one unit. if you'd like. I'd love an effects unit. It sounds like so much fun. Well, I've been trying to find a way. To, you know the way you can, sort of, you can press a button and, make, and say something like, you know, it's, uh, don't panic or something you know, Something that someone famous has said. Oh, absolutely. I do it all the time. Yeah. Because uh, there's one, there's a line in, in the BBC Pride and Prejudice where Elizabeth Bennet is ranting at, um, at Darcy and he says, Madam, you have said quite enough. Yes, because they're coming to get you. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. So I have a, a whole palette of those things at my uh, yeah. at the at the end of my fingertips. <laughs> like WT Summoners, like make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. They make fun of my French. They make fun of my boo. They they're just incorrigible in, yeah. in, in the chat room. French isn't good enough. The spooky reverb isn't good enough. It's over the kill. Make it stop, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Lighten <laughs> up, Francis. Lighten up. There we are. Into a bad um, joke. Not now. It's a bad joke festival. Yes, it is a bad <laughs> joke festival. Did you know that diarrhea was hereditary? Uh, no. No. Uh, where's this going? Oh, it runs in the jeans. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Let's... <laughs> okay, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're not going anywhere. We got 10 minutes left. Oh. You ten are minutes? not excused. 
You are not excused. If I have to get up at 2.30 in the morning so I can run through lines on the summons, you can hang out for another 10 minutes. Okay. Hi, right. postman said, ooh. Yes, I know exactly what he means. <laughs> um, well, Maggie, yes, where's, where, 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 where's the knock-knock jokes? It's National Knock-Knock Joke well, Day. Work. That was actually the last one? I mean, the last one I posted. Ah. I have ah. more. <laughs> okay, well, hang on. So John Aston, I, I never made that connection that John Aston was Sean Aston's father. I, I didn't, it I don't know. It never occurred to me. Yeah, um, apparently so. I, I don't know. Um, but here, I, you, you want the real scary news of the day? What? Oh, McDonald's has finally buckled to inflation. A Big Mac combo meal is now eighteen dollars. That's in that's in Connecticut. The average, as Bob Barker would say, the actual retail price average in the United States is fourteen dollars. Let me translate that for you. What's the exchange rate now about what? Uh, a pound 35, pound 40, a uh, dollar for a pound. So we could take $1.45 to get one pound. So a Big Mac combo meal would be about 20, 20 pounds for you. That's a lot. Of, mind you, I don't think we have those um, Big Mac combo meals. Do you have McDonald's? Of course we do. Well, they're, they're everywhere. Do you realize in my hometown, in my hometown, the British Heart Foundation shop is being turned into a McDonald's? No. I mean, that, that's a nice sick joke, isn't it? No, it is. The British Heart Foundation is a, it's a charity, as it probably suggests, that's supposed to improve, it's supposed to promote having a healthy heart. <laughs> it's becoming McDonald's. And it's become McDonald's instead. Mm. That's cool. funny. So do yeah. uh, so do young Hugh and the uh, the uh, the other younger uh, De Marias. Do they go out trick or treating? Oh yes, with their friends. So 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 all Hallowed's Eve. So you were really you were in labor for Francesca. But Natalia, my youngest. Natalia. And yeah. <laughs> were you saying uh, were you going through novenas? Oh, please, blessed mother, don't let her be born on Halloween. Yes. Well, I knew she wouldn't because I always had really long labors. Um, so I, I suspected she was going to be in November. Also, we have so many October birthdays in my family. It was just refreshing having her slip over into the next month. Um, and All so. Saints Day. What a great day to, to have a birthday on. Yeah, we always say when she was born on All Saints, so we named her after Christmas. Oh, Natalia, that's right. Uh, for the East uh, there, there that, is, that's right. There is, in fact, a Saint Natalia and a Blessed Natalia. So, a Polish saint. So Natalia, that's Italian, right? Or is that mm -hmm. Mal, is it Malta? Is that how you say Christmas in, in Malta? Um, Natalia, um, well... It's, it's, I mean, it, the root of it, the root of it is, is Christmas. But in fact, th there are St. Natalia's as well. St. Natalia's. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, in the, now, you were talking about uh, the cinema earlier and about how you don't, get, uh, you, you, you don't get out to the cinema. But you did see Ghostbusters. Oh, yes. And you did because. see, okay, you did see the new one with um, McKenna Grace is, is, the, is the child act, is the girl's name. Right. Okay, so she's popped up in, in a couple of other movies. What was the movie we watched with McKenna Grace that was so cool uh, with the little Girl Scout troop where she was 
Troop Zero. Troop Zero is it's just a cute little film. Jim Gaffigan plays her stepfather, the, the comedian. He's doing the commercials now for they they're just incorrigible in, yeah. in, in the chat room. French isn't good enough. The spooky reverb isn't good enough. It's over the kill. Make it stop, etc., etc., etc. Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up. There we are. Into a bad um, joke. Not now. It's a bad joke festival. Yes, it is a bad <laughs> joke festival. Did you know that diarrhea was hereditary? Uh, no. No. Uh. Where's this going? Oh, it runs in the jeans. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're not going anywhere. We got 10 minutes left. Oh. You ten are minutes not excused. Oh. You are not excused. If I have to get up at 2.30 in the morning so I can run through lines on the summons, you can hang out for another 10 minutes. Okay. My postman said, ooh, yes, I know exactly what he means. <laughs> um, well, Maggie, yes, where's, where, 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 where's the knock-knock jokes? It's National Knock-Knock Joke oh, Day. That was my last one. I actually have work. That was actually the last one? I mean, the last one I posted. Ah. I have uh, more. <laughs> okay, well, hang on. So John Aston, I, I never made that connection that John Aston was Sean Aston's father. I, I didn't. It I don't know. Never who's occurred to me. Yeah. Um. Apparently, so I. I don't know. Um. But here, I, you, you want the real scary news of the day? What? Oh, McDonald's has finally buckled to inflation. A Big Mac combo meal is now eighteen dollars. That's in that's in Connecticut. The average. As Bob Barker would say, the actual retail price average in the United States is $14. Let me translate that for you. What's the exchange rate now about what? Uh, a pound 35, pound 40, a uh, dollar for a pound. So we could take $1.45 to get one pound. So a Big Mac combo meal would be about 20, 20 pounds for you. That's a lot. Of, mind you, I don't think we have those um, Big Mac combo meals. Do you have McDonald's? Of course we do. Well, they're, they're everywhere. Do you realise in my hometown, in my hometown, the British Heart Foundation shop is being turned into a McDonald's? No. I mean, that, that's a nice sick joke, isn't it? No, it is. The British Heart Foundation is a, it's a charity, as it probably suggests, that's supposed to improve, it's supposed to promote having a healthy heart. <laughs> it's becoming McDonald's. And it's become McDonald's instead. That's funny. So do yeah. so do young Hugh and the uh, the uh, the other younger uh, De Marias. Do they go out trick or treating? Oh yes, with their friends. So 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 all Hallowed's Eve. So you were really you were in labor for Francesca. But Natalia, my youngest. Natalia. And yep. <laughs> were you saying, uh, were you going through novenas? Oh, please, blessed mother, don't let her be born on Halloween. Yes. Well, <laughs> I knew she wouldn't because I always had really long labours. Um, so I, I suspected she was going to be in November. Also, we have so many October birthdays in my family. It was just refreshing having her slip over into the next month. Um, and All so. Saints Day. What a great day to, to have a birthday on. 
Yeah, we always say we, she was born on All Saints, so we named her after Christmas. Oh, Natalia, that's right. No, for the East uh, Navi, there, there is, that's right. There is, in fact, a Saint Natalia and a Blessed Natalia. So, a Polish saint. So Natalia, that's Italian, right? Or is that mm -hmm. Mal is it Malta? Is that how you say Christmas in, in Malta? Um, Natalia, um, well... It's, it's, I mean, it, the root of it, the root of it is, is Christmas. But in fact, th there are St. Natalia's as well. St. Natalia's. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, in the, now, you were talking about uh, the cinema earlier and about how you don't, get, uh, you, you, you don't get out to the cinema. But you did see Ghostbusters. Oh, yes. And you did because. see, okay, you did see the new one with um, McKenna Grace is, is, the, is, the child act, is the girl's name. Right. Okay, so she's popped up in, in a couple of other movies. What was the movie we watched with McKenna Grace that was so cool uh, with the little Girl Scout troop where she was... Troop Zero. Troop Zero. Troop Zero is... It's just a cute little film. Jim Gaffigan plays her stepfather, the, the comedian. He's doing the commercials now for... Uh, uh, what's the company Jim Gaffigan's doing the commercial for? In any event, um, the, uh, the, the, the remake of Ghostbusters was very worthy of the original, was it not? Oh, absolutely. I, I won't spoil it for anyone, but you know, the final scene. Now, here's a fun, ghouly fact that most people won't know. Mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd is, okay, the, the, the idea for the movie Ghostbusters came from Dan Aykroyd. Okay. And this is one of his early days of Saturday Night Live, and uh, he had been in a, in a film or two then. Um, but what people don't know about, about Dan Aykroyd, and I watched, uh, there, there, uh, if you watched uh, the Ghostbusters, the movie, when, it came, when the new one came out, they had a feature that they did that was the making of the first Ghostbusters, which wasn't going to be made um, until uh, they convinced, um, uh, okay, so they had to convince Ivan Reitman to actually do the, to, to actually direct it. Uh, uh, or they thought they were going to get Ivan Reitman, but instead Ivan produced it and he let Harold Ramis direct it and they put Harold Ramis in there. But Dan Aykroyd's parents, is, his, his father was a famous um, spiritist. Hmm? Or, or, or for us being Catholics, an infamous spiritist. Wow. Yes, and that's where the idea from Ghostbusters came from because his family had been summoning ghosts, as the spiritists do, right? Had been summoning ghosts his, his, his whole life. So he grew up around that. Wow, I didn't know that. That's I didn't really know spooky. it either. No, I didn't know it either. So there is actually some reality. That's in. It's cooked into the into the Ghostbusters Ooh. story. It's <laughs> actually quite upsetting. <laughs> most yes. people won't know about it. And you were talking about James Woods. I don't know why James Woods would, would would have deleted that tweet because he didn't delete anything. If he puts it up there, he means it. Well, I've been following knows? James Woods for ten years on Twitter, and <laughs> if that guy puts something on Twitter, he means what he posts. Now, uh, maybe well, Twitter, uh, even if they threatened him, he wouldn't have taken it down. Here's an interesting one. I was in on a, I wasn't in on a conversation, but uh, I was in on a live stream on Twata two nights ago, featuring child actor. Do you remember Ricky Schroeder? Nope. No recollection at all. Uh, Maggie can look up uh, the films he was, he was in. I want to say he was the kid that was in Kramer versus Kramer. 
Oh, yes, I remember that film. Okay, so he was a child actor. He was very famous, uh, and he was getting a lot of parts until he went through puberty and was a young teenage actor, and then he met the real Hollywood. He was asked by one of the uh, one of the uh, the producers or whatever on on some film that he was working on. He was basically invited into the 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 pervert ring, and he refused. And as soon as he refused, well, then they refused to to, to continue giving him roles. Well, where did this come out? It was a, he did an interview with the people that made the movie Out of Shadows. Out of Shadows is an expose of two very, uh, very successful and highly compensated Hollywood stuntmen who uh, they both converted to, to Christianity. They were agnostics. And uh, I think one of them is actually a Catholic. I don't think that, uh, that, Mike, uh, that Mike is. But um, they... Then they started putting the pieces together the things that they were seeing all around them that they had seen in Hollywood. And because they had been invited to some of the parties that uh, that the Hollywood intelligentsia have that turn out to be hosted by Marina, the likes of Marina Abramovic and their spirit cooking and their Satan worship and snakes. And then, of course, there's child sacrifice going on. So, what? oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You, you don't know about this. So what's what's this film called you're talking about? It's called Out of Shadows. Now, Out of the Shadows, Out of Shadows. It's a documentary. If you go to outofshadows.org, you can watch it there. Okay. So this throws the, it just blows the whole thing open. <laughs> it blows the whole thing open about, about who runs Hollywood and what they do with the child, the children that come through there, which is why the story is so shocking um, uh, when people hear it today, although it really should, shouldn't be given the history of Fatty Arbuckle and other perverts that, uh, that, were, that kind of founded Tensile. The Crusade Channel, talk radio the way it should be. Broadcasting live from Madisonville, Louisiana, and streaming 24-7 at crusadechannel.com. You slip out of the fashion a little bit. Well, we are uh, going to uh, get back to uh, get to our regularly scheduled programming and bid you adieu and a happy All Hallowed's Eve. Happy All Hallows Eve and uh, speak to you on All Saints Day. Or Vigil of All Saints Day, right? Because that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's a Vigil of All Saints Day. You're actually supposed to fast at least one meal today, as you are on all vigils. <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't forget. <laughs> People don't usually remember that part of it. But we shall see you tomorrow for another episode of Frightening Fiorella. It is 34 minutes past the hour. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile, England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at CrusadeChannel.com and the chat room is open for your commentary at CrusadeChannel.com forward slash chat. I will now leave you with the King Dude, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Uh -huh.